Welcome to Herbal Explorations, a podcast hosted by Wilson Lau of New Herbs. Each week, we speak to leading experts about what's happening in the herbal industry. Hi, I'm Suzanne Shelton, and I am here with Wilson Lau doing our first recording of his newsletter he's done for a long time from the field. Um, so he sends that out to his customers and colleagues, and um, we thought it would be interesting to talk more about some of the information that he shares this time. So here we are in July of 2023. So Wilson, what do you see as the top issue today? The top issue today is the increase of prices of Chinese herbs for a variety of reasons. Um, as a, Chinese, as a specialist focusing on Chinese herbs, uh, I think that's the biggest um, headline is the prices of almost all herbs are up. And it's just um, continuing march upwards as we go. It hasn't sort of let up yet. <laughs> is it all herbs or just some and how much more expensive? <laughs> it is almost all herbs. I've never seen this in my 20 something years in the industry is that almost every single herb is up um and it's shocking because you know at the low end it's only maybe up 10 15 percent and but at the high end it's three four x and you know it's not all concentrated at the bottom if it was it would be a less of a story and headline so what what's causing this there's a couple of issues. I think, you know, as most Americans know, based on their own experience, we're seeing inclement weather, extreme weather patterns. Um, probably most of us are in a heat wave of some sort um, or experienced one recently in the U.S. So weather is one factor. Labor is another factor. And I think, you know, with labor, we're still sort of seeing the effects of COVID there because, some people have retired, some people have died, and uh, some people have gone back to the village. So the workforce is shrunk and uh, willing to work in our segment of the industry, and the know-how has gone, has disappeared, some of the know-how. Um, because seeming like processing herbs, you would think, oh, it's really easy to do, you know, how hard could it be? But it's like, uh, you know, you and I both love food and going out to restaurants. It's like having a real good prep cook or hiring someone that can barely cut right that it's two different rates of action going on there <laughs> and then the last and not least is human behavior right i think there's um a lot of money still in the system and it's sort of sloshing around trying to find a home to um make money so the labor shortage sounds serious what do you do you see any prospective solutions for that are there more details you can share I think the labor shortage is a very serious issue. I think there's a couple of things going on. Uh, first, China has a policy to sort of increase the wages of laborers over time because they want to lift people out of poverty and really get them into a more fair or earning status so they can afford more. Um, and this is sort of the policy of China overall. So the floor has been rising. And, you know, that's 5 6% a year, not really that much to write home about. I think more importantly, as I alluded earlier to, is the know-how due to COVID as the aging workforce um, ages out. Some of the know-how has been lost. 
and the younger generation does not want to do this type of work. I think that's worldwide. Um, that's a worldwide phenomenon. Um, and then thirdly, some of our materials are well-crafted. And as we were talking about it with um, the Sustainable Herb Program and sort of going over different things, it doesn't matter if you're in Africa, Eastern Europe, Latin America, or China, the age, the average age of a wow crafter is 40 something plus. And like the, you know, that's just not average, but the floor, right? Like the floor is 40, right? And it only goes up, right? Sure, there's some young people that come in and hop out here and there or do it, but, that, you know, it's basically up there. And as wild resources become less bountiful, for example, when you sort of hear stories about even in the U.S., um, my father-in-law owned a farm and there was berries to be picked um, without having them grown, basically wild-crafted berries on the farm way in the back area because they, you know, they didn't grow stuff there. They were really like, you know, for horses and whatnot. Um, but there's a lot of it, right? But as over time, as development and over-harvesting you know, what used to be, you can gather 20 pounds in a one mile radius or half a mile radius. Now you might have to go to two, three mile radius. So it's also the cost of labor and the number of people doing it will result in a lower yield, thus a higher price, especially if demand's increasing. Well, that makes sense. It's also disheartening. And, and, and I know that we've um, had conversations at some of the American Herbal Products Association's herbal conferences about um, with the changing weather patterns, it's harder for wild crafters because if they're always harvesting herb X the first week of May and they get there and they've already missed it, that can throw off their whole, you know, harvesting schedule for the various wild crafted botanicals and, and fungus. So that's, so it's not yeah, like weather and then also natural disasters like in Citroen province during, while during the peak season, there was an earthquake and then it caused a lot of places to be, uh, become unstable. So then no one's going to go out and risk their life. Unless right. they have to, right? right? But if they can have a choice, they'd rather not make that money this year and uh, wait until next year or make it some other way. Right. That makes total sense. Can't blame them at all. All right. Well, this is uh, disheartening. Is there any good news, Wilson, about the supply chain? <laughs> uh, you know, good news is that there's material available and um, you just have to know where to look for it. And uh, that's the good news. So if you need it or can pay for it and can afford it, you can have it. Uh, secondly, um, the Chinese yuan has depreciated against the dollar. So some of these increases have been offset by that. And then we also have the good news is shipping rates have normalized um, back to almost the original rates, maybe not quite as low, but very similar. Uh, so we're also getting some relief from that, especially on the items where shipping was a large percentage of the price, meaning the lower price items. Mm-hmm. So if you bought a dollar thing and if the herb costs a dollar a pound or two something a kilo, and shipping was 50 cents a kilo, and now it goes back down. So even it goes up 10, 15%, but you save between currency and that, it might even be cheaper. But that is the exception and not the case. You know, dollars to dollars, the landing cost is more for almost all herbs. But, you know, there are situations where even the herb has gone up in price, 
you actually might pay less for it. But that isn't the rule, right? For example, I'll give you an example of something that we do carry. Um, price has sort of has gone down or up, has basically remained the same. Is hibiscus because we're paying so much to ship the whole flower around, almost 50, 60 cents a kilo. Now, you know, we get that savings and then some currency appreciation. So even though um, at origin, denominated in local currency, the cost of the material has gone up, but the landed costs in the US or Europe is actually very similar. Okay. Well, it's good news about the shipping. I remember um, our conversations that we had during the COVID lockdown when it was like every time we spoke, the cost of shipping had gone up another gazillion percent and just, you know, just crazy increases. And the shipping companies made a lot of money. So, yeah. Yeah. And and things weren't getting there on time because you never knew when you could get a container and, right. and that whole right. game. Well, it was totally unpredictable. So is no. the supply, I mean, that was one of the main things we talked about for a year and a half. It's like how unpredictable the supply chain was. So is the supply chain still as unpredictable as it was or anywhere near? I think the supply chain is not as unpredictable because logistics has eased. I think where supply chain becomes an issue is for people that have not done forward contracting and locked in prices and material. Um, so if you're spot buying and you need a qualified material, so if a customer comes to me and says, all of a sudden, I need 10,000 kilos of, of good of herb X, right? If I don't have it in inventory, or you know whether it's here or China, then I have to go out and find it for them. But by the time I QC and QA the material, the cost of the material might have risen and the and my partner may not be may not be willing to honor that price, <laughs> and do you, or do you buy material um, to and own the material, test it, and risk a failure, and then have to sell it, um, you know, return it. So there's different ways to deal with it, but it is because the price is moving so quickly. If you're spot buying and don't have the relationships, it's going to be really hard for you to fulfill qualified material to people's specifications. Well, it sounds like the advice you've been giving all along that people need to have good relationships with suppliers and communicate about what they anticipate their needs to be and forecast out longer still stands. That has not changed. No, it hasn't changed. And I think it's more important than ever with the stream weather patterns and the fluctuation in the marketplace, you really need a partner who understands what's going on at the ground and help you come with the strategies, right? You know, for some items, I'm telling my customers, hey, let's let's just let's just roll the dice. And the reason why I say that is you're at an all-time high. And and when I mean, you know, all-time high, I mean, you know, where the cost of the material is just gives you a almost like a punch in the stomach, right, Kai? Like, you know, are you going to discontinue this item or temporarily or permanently because it's so high? And it, it's one of those things that if you can make it float by, right, right now may not be the time to make that commitment to that material, especially if harvest is only two, three, two months away or so. Can we wait till harvest, see what happens, and at the worst you may be paying more for air shipment um, 
you have the prices stay consistent, but you also have the opportunity for prices to come down and you have to really know the marketplace, talk to the farmers and sort of understand what this year's harvest is going to look like. Um, you know, are people still acting, trying to control that marketplace according to the marketplace and really understanding multiple layers of information and sort of getting it from your partner who's supplying you the herbs to really help you come to a decision that is reasonable and that you can live with. Okay, that makes sense. One size fit all strategy. Anything else that people should be looking at or starting to think about in the, for the future? Uh, I, I think there's two things that I think that we have to think about. One is human behavior. Is money going to come in from other sectors or bigger players in our sector trying to make money by doing things that are, aren't common or predictable? And I'll give you an example that was recently in the news. Cargill um, recently took delivery, took of, of the delivery of their cocoa contracts, which means that all of a sudden the people that sold those contracts had to find cocoa somewhere, <laughs> a physical cocoa to fill, to sort of deliver to Cargill, right? Usually with these forward contracts, um, people aren't expecting to actually deliver the goods they just are meant to be a hedge instrument to sort of protect your upside or downside however you look at it uh but all of a sudden they said hey i want i want my cocoa (laughs) and it caused a big scramble and that was the news maybe a week ago and it caused a spike in the price of cocoa so i think you know with inclement weather and increased demand it, it may be that people actually need material versus you know they're just using as a hedge instrument in that market, in that instance. But I think with the stream weather around the world, that we'll see a lot more fail or failed crops or nearly fail crops. And um, it's just going to happen worldwide. I don't think it's a U.S., China, Europe, Latin America thing. It's going to happen all over the world. Because last week, I think there was the hottest temperatures experienced across three different continents. Um, cities in three different continents yeah. all recorded the highest temperature they ever seen. So yeah. this this weather, inclement weather, extreme weather, there's going to be more and more of it. And as there's more of it, what strategies do you have in place to sort of protect against you know, going out of stock in your supply chain. So I think there has to be, people really have to have a sustainability strategy and also thinking about how can you tackle and help address some of these climate change issues and proactively as a company, not only on the sourcing side, but also how to make the world better and, you know, cleaner, so... Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about is um, with these extreme temperatures, I think a lot of people don't understand that it is really life-threatening. You know, it's not that you're just going to be miserable, it's you can die. And with with um, hyperthermia, you don't realize you're in trouble until it's pretty much too late. So that's going to probably be a factor in the agricultural sector as well. So I'm hoping these companies are, you know, we're talking about forward thinking, I'm hoping that these agricultural entities are forward thinking about how they're not going to, you know, how they're going to protect their agricultural workers from these extreme temperatures that we're all 
reading about and some of us experiencing. Yeah, and and the thing is this, is that with weather change and weather patterns and everything else, is also some of the places that traditionally produce these herbs, especially in the warmer climates have become so warm that during the day they can't go out and work you know during part of the day right so yeah i was just in the car i was listening to the news and it's not funny but you can the image of someone doing it is sort of hilarious is that you know these construction workers had to hose each other down one person's working the other one's hosing the person down with water to keep them cool and that is that image seems so ridiculous right but that's sort of it's happening where we're at (laughs) well you know that's i think a really good example of the fact that we're all going to be adapting Mm -hmm. to this new world we're in and that is a very simple way of adapting to this heat can kill you but you still have to get these things done so finding a a simple way to do it you know as long as you have water yeah Because it's a different uh, issue, right? And, and yeah, that's the issue adapt, is. adaptation is going to be the name of the game. Yeah. And, and, like. and, 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 you know, it's horrible, right? And I think, yeah. you know, but as an industry, you really have to look at everyone in the supply chain and how to make sure that everyone's taken care of and everyone's has getting a livable con- wages and livable conditions and working, humane working conditions and all these things that are we need to ensure that in the supply chain and back to cocoa um although we don't sell it you know we know a lot of the issues and child labor and whatnot in the cacao supply chain yeah i think we all needed to figure out how to work collaborative together as a team to sort of improve things overall yeah well and it's not just the right thing to do morally and ethically but it's the right thing to do in terms of consumers that are expecting ethical behaviors, you know, fair trade, attention to sustainability from the companies whose products they're buying from. And let's face it, if you can't get anybody to work for you, you can't produce products. So it's to me, that's an everybody wins when we take care of the entire business community. Um, but, you know, that's just how I look at it. I know that there's people that are Let it, let's exploit everyone. So, um, but, you know, as always, Wilson, when we're talking about sort of the state of the world and the supply chain, um, even though you just said the supply chain is less unpredictable than it was, I have a feeling that for all of the years we will be talking about the supply chain, there will always be an element of unpredictability that we'll be discussing. Yeah, (laughs) I I think you're definitely hit it on the head, right? I think no matter how much we aim to have a healthy healthy people, healthy ecosystem, and healthy soil, there's always going to be surprises that pop up. In the best of times and the worst of times, you know, farming is a very, very tough thing. (laughs) And I think the key is that we need to see what we can do to weather some of these unpredictable situations and come and make it and smooth things out. I think, you know, how do you just like budgeting, right? There's some months that you're going to make more, you know, some years you're going to make more money and some years you're going to make less money, but you got to budget and help smooth things out so that things are more normalized versus having these huge swings up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and make sure that there are 
that it's worth the while of people to continue cultivating and harvesting the products that our industry relies on. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like a good a good thing to be committed to. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your describing your latest observations, notes from the field to me. And um, I look forward to hearing about the next one in a few months. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the business of herbs and botanicals, visit newherbs.com. To keep listening to great episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, or Spotify, and make sure to give us a rating too. 